The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. We're the answers. I'm Gregor Sprague. And I'm Corey Scott. For all info on this show, including show notes and subscription links, go to elsenerds.com. And for other Galactic Netcast programs, go to gncast.com. On Elsenerds, we will swear and we will spoil stuff. So you've been warned about both things. So fuck off. Fucking King is Dead at Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> Actually, that was a brilliant scene. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a pretty intense. The last two episodes of the season were just fucking amazing. Yeah, and yeah. and every and everyone has been saying how this up this season's been the best, and I stand by what Scott Johnson says, and it's because there the book isn't out, because this is the first season we've had where we don't have the book bitches going. This is not how it was done. No. I mean, they they kind of a lot of the stuff I think was in the books and there was preparation for it. But yeah, I mean, the the knowledge being ahead of of the books now is really going to change how people can react to the series. And I think that's OK. I think it's good so that we're all on the same page together and we can all enjoy it together or hate it together and it doesn't matter if it follows what was intended from the novelizations at this point or not uh, yeah. and george will be able to say later on oh no they did that completely wrong uh here's the right way in the in the novels but considering that he's still got two books to come out and there's only what they're estimating at 15 episodes left mm -hmm. of the show i i just it feels like I don't know. He's going to stretch those things really far in the books. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's to be expected because I mean, you know, if season six is supposed to be like book six, um, the winds of winter and then book seven is supposed to be like season seven. That makes sense. You know, it's understandable whatnot, but we're not going to talk about game of Thrones anymore. We're the only ones. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we are the only ones. Um, sorry. I just want to make sure. Wait, what news stories did we pick here? Uh, but no, instead, let's talk Preacher, because where I love Preacher, the the comic, even though I'm still I still have only read the first issue in the first book. Um, I love I love that. It's just trying to get I got so close this week to getting caught up and have read all the comics that I read. And I'm not reading a lot of DC. That's the thing. I'm not reading a lot of Marvel either or Image. You know, I've cut back on a lot of those. I think I still am Marvel heavy, but whatever. Uh, Preacher has been renewed for a second season by by AMC, and not only that, has gotten an extended order, um, or a typical you know AMC season order where they will have thirteen episodes set to air next year. Yeah, and that's a good vote of confidence because I mean we're only five episodes in right now on yeah. the series so far, and while it's not doing Walking Dead numbers, and I've heard a few people say, oh, well, it's not doing as well as Walking Dead. Who the fuck expected it to do as well as Walking Dead? I mean, right off the bat, especially, it takes a while for these things to build an audience, and it takes a while to see the what quality they're at and if they catch on. And I think it's doing very well for itself, just off the, the promise that it has gotten renewed already. 
and I'm just I'm excited for more of it. It's it, it's still and it's a common complaint. And I understand it. It's very different from the comics. And uh, Beatmaster actually mentioned something. I haven't watched the Sunday's episode le- uh, yet. Uh, and he mentioned something that happens. It, and he's like, it's a little concerning that that happened on the show. It really changes the dynamic of some of the characters. And I get that. And if I keep trying to treat it as an adaptation strictly, then I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, but all I'm doing right now is just loving the preacher show the differences makes me excited for it in a way that i wouldn't get to be otherwise because mm-hmm. i'd just be watching to see how well they got that page from the comic up to the screen and now i get to see different takes on characters brand new characters and wholly different aspects of what still feels like a garth ennis story um if if nothing else it may not feel true to preacher 100 percent but it feels pretty accurate to Garth Ennis in a lot of ways. Not in every way, though, because there are different people working on it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think it's something that he and Steve are proud of having their names associated with and uh, ain't, ain't hurting nobody to make them some money. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Um, this, uh, like I said, it's been really cool. I've really enjoyed it. I haven't seen this past week's episode yet, but, you know, scheduling stuff has been extremely difficult um with everything that i do um you know with all the shows that i watch and you know the pickup of the british tv shows going on right now almost enough to where i could do a british tv uh, podcast but who has time for that stuff um how would you even come up with the title yeah um but no this is really cool and there is a catch-up marathon we, we recorded this on wednesday that is set for the first five episodes at 9 p.m on thursday june 30th i will be busy doing another podcast so i will not be able to watch those <laughs> if only there were technologies available to us that let us record tv shows as they play and we're not in the room yeah if only i had a remote control that could use such things sorry that was a plug if i figure if i use if I show the remote enough times, I could write it off as a business expense. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have, a, have to have an income uh, based off of the business first. Um, so yeah, so Preacher, season two, it's a happening. Season one, still going. If you haven't tried it so far, give it a look-see. Uh, it's, it's been fun. I just realized that, wait, that means this Sunday is the last episode of Preacher for the season. Was it only six episodes for the first I, season? Yeah, because that's how, that's usually how AMC rolls is they will do six episodes for the or for the first season, so therefore they're not losing a lot of money. Um, but it also makes it very easy to get in on the show for the first, you know, for the first season, and then have you know all this expected stuff afterwards, you know, because Walking Dead did it. I think Mad Men might have done it. Breaking, I think Breaking Bad may have done it too um but it's you know it's just like this thing where you can do it this way to where if it starts bombing then you don't have to worry and you can just be like oh wait we made this show like what was that one the prisoner or whatever that was like something star jim jim caviezel before yeah. person of interest 
Uh, like, yeah, it was based off of the old series. Uh, yeah. That is that is a very good theory as to why they would only have six episodes in this season. Unfortunately for you, they have ten. Oh, cool. Even better. Because <laughs> that realization was like, wait, I am going to be missing Preacher quicker than I thought. Not but but ten I think ten is more typical, but they for cable shows for a first season or for any season if you're on HBO. But no, this is cool. I'm excited. Um the next news is something that's still gonna get me excited, but I don't know. Feel these the, nipples. Yeah. Uh because of platform is that the um, the, there's a, the first look is out for the new uh, Transformer series for adults, uh, Transformer Combiner Wars. Doesn't that just sound really iffy? Is like it's Transformers for adults. Like yeah. I don't know that that's the pitch that I want made to me. First of all, I think that they're all going to turn into sex toys, uh, more than meets your vagina. But just in general, I don't I don't need something shown to me and say it, it's for adults. Just make a good goddamn story and if it's mature let us know that it might not be for kids you know with a rating system but i think all cartoons can be for adults as well if they're just well written and and well developed and acted and everything um but they could be for all ages including adults yeah i don't know that that's the pitch that i would go for yeah, I, th- I think what, and, and that's from the, the title from this Geek Tyrant. Um, I almost said Geeky Rant because I didn't see the T there for a second. Um, but I think that's what they're, just the headline that they were going for. Um, but it's being made uh, with Machinima. Um, so, you know, they do pretty good. But it's targeting the people who grew up with the, the show from the 80s, the series from the 80s. And you could tell that from the... Uh, Excuse me, from some of the characters that are in here. We see a picture of Starscream, yeah. uh, who has been a fan favorite since at least the Transformers movie. And uh, they mention characters like Devastator and Superion. So and, it, it's the classic Gen 1 Transformers. Yeah. And I mean, this will be cool. Like, I think to hit on the whole adult thing i think it's only really adult in the fact that there's there uh it's gonna you're gonna see the violence as opposed to how anime typically handles violence if it's an all ages sort of deal and it just sort of goes like and you see something else or you see the reaction or whatever it might be well, I think maybe at the very least it's the when they shoot each other with their laser guns, they actually hit each other as opposed to like the, the G.I. Joe thing of just a thousand one lasers and nobody hits nothing. Or the Stormtrooper um, thing. Right. Which is just, yeah, that's that's the way the cartoons were in the 80s. But unfortunately, going back to Transformers, the motion picture, is that when we got that raise in mature levels of the story uh that's when we started seeing characters just die and favorite characters just essentially get butchered up on the screen and cause my best friend's little brother to cry and uh i ain't saying that we didn't tear up too because maybe we did a little bit uh but Mm -hmm. it was it was hardcore to see people like ironhide and and optimus prime get killed 
just get outright killed in a way that you never would have seen on the cartoon series. And so I'm not necessarily looking for that kind of story. I mean, it, I, if it happens, it happens, but I don't want it to be the whole basis of just a, on giant scale slaughter of characters. Uh, I do like that they're introducing some new characters and that includes some female characters, which is something that was long missing from the the Transformers universe. They got one or two in Gen 2, and they even referred to one in the first generation. But we've got a new original character named Maxima and a female combiner hunter named Windblade. And the shots that they have of them in the article are pretty pretty sweet. The the yeah. animation looks good. And no, I've been yeah, waiting definitely. for something to happen with Transformers after they did the the video games a few years ago, like the Fall of Cybertron and stuff, which included a lot of the Gen 1 characters. I wanted to see something at that level of production because a lot of the Transformers cartoons the last few years have been, and I mean, I'm backtracking a little bit here, but they have been very kid-based in animation quality, and they haven't exactly been high-quality animation. And something we'll talk about when we get to nerding out is, you know, you can make these things and make them look really good now. And mm-hmm. you can feed the nostalgia and elevate what was originally there to a new level. And so that's what I'm kind of looking forward to seeing yeah, from this. The other part to hit on is the fact that the show will be released in August on Go90, which I believe is a part is a partnership thing headed up by Verizon. And it's more mobile uh, mobile focused with the videos. Um, it is free, which is cool. Um, but the part that sort of I don't really get is that there will be a four episode prelude series on June 28th across Go90, YouTube, and Facebook. It's the YouTube and Facebook part that doesn't quite get me because it's like, like I see it all the time with uh, Marvel. They post a little like 90 second teaser thing for their series that they have um, off the rack with, was it uh, Comic Girl 15 um, over on Go90? And I'm like, well, why not just post the whole episode instead of this little teaser thing sort of deal? Why not? but you know what it's like ah why do this sort of deal um and i've never really been interested in go 90 because it this stuff in there doesn't really hasn't really interested me but this might get me to check it out yeah i mean i this is my first time ever hearing of go 90 and honestly i haven't even looked at machinima before either so part of the problem with this new content is finding it you know, it, the search for these things is really hard. And it's the discovery aspect that that's that's the advantage that TV still has. Is I go through my cable box and I flip through all my channels and I can see shit on. And I may not click on a bunch of the different shows that I've never seen or heard of before. But I do have the capability of just saying, oh, well, here's something that looks sort of, sort of interesting. And I can give it a shot. And this is, you have to go and browse. You have to put it in effort and... Other than the fact that this is Transformers, I would have probably never heard of this mm-hmm. uh, website or this service before. Yeah. So maybe there'll be stuff there that I'm interested in too. But it's kind of like when Yahoo did the the new season of Community, and they With had the another Yahoo couple screen. shows on there. And where did all those go? Honestly, the, the whole thing. 
It had great content. It was just no one went there because Other Space was great. It was hilarious. I love that show. I enjoyed Other Space. Um, Community, you know, was, you know, it was arguable on that one. I enjoyed Community. I I, I like the last season. I think that they did a good job and it was just nice to have it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was nice to to have it and have it be well-written, well-acted, even though characters had disappeared new characters came in but i think it still stayed true to the heart of what community was yeah and then the other one that uh sin city saints i had never watched um but it was it was one of those things like i was interested in what was coming next i was because of community i was keeping my eyes peeled onto yahoo you know in the news not going to yahoo because who would do that um (laughs) But keeping my eyes peeled on as to what could be coming up next from Yahoo with their Yahoo screen thing. And then next thing I hear is, oh, they're shutting it down. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, The last bit of news is something's pretty cool. um, And I did not know of this beforehand. But this is the comic book. Telos is to return next year as a 300 page graphic novel. Ten years after Mike wearing where and go where and go died um this is pretty cool um i've never heard of this um of this book all right so in the, and it sounds awesome yeah in the 90s there was uh i want to say this is around the same time that joe mad was doing battle chasers and we started to get some really great beautiful, epic storytelling fantasy comics coming out. And so Todd DeZago, uh, who was a writer on Spider-Man and had been doing a bunch of other stuff, teamed up with Mike. And Mike had worked on Spider-Man, worked on Flash, uh, Impulse, a whole bunch of comics. These guys teamed up and they created their own book uh, for Image, uh, Telos. And it was really great. And unfortunately, uh, Mike passed away suddenly. And Mike was this guy that was just hugely beloved in the industry by by fans and by other creators. Uh, I'm friends with some guys in the comic book diner, and they were friends with Mike, and they all looked up to him and loved him. And and nobody ever says a bad thing about Mike. He's just mm-hmm. he's just men, tremendous guy. He was incredibly nice to everybody who came to his tables and met him. He was just really fantastic. And uh, so it was it was a huge tragedy to just lose him like that. And it's, I mean, obviously it's a tragedy to lose anybody that's beloved, but there's just certain people that you just kind of go, wow, that, that one really hurts. Um, Dwayne McDuffie is like that too. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're gathering a bunch of different artists together and they're doing this 300-page comic using Telos as a tribute to Mike's memory, uh, which is which is really, really nice. And it includes the original 10-issue run uh, by by Todd and Mike themselves. And then it will be all this extra stuff um, that was outside of the miniseries and one-shots. And with art by Mike and with art by a bunch of other other creators who who want to do this for him. On top of that, it also seems that they're going to be donating the proceeds for it 
to different animal charities. Um, so it's it's not just like we're going to cash in, uh, which I don't think anybody would accuse uh, Todd or anybody of, but they're doing this for a cause as well, which yeah. I think is even extra special. Uh, also, just in general, Todd Zago does a comic called The Perhapanauts with Craig Russo. And I ordered the collections i found it after it had already been coming out for a while they they were doing like the second or third series and i found the collections online and i went to order them and it turned out to be directly from todd and todd wrote me back when i was ordering him he just kind of like chatted me up and asked me some questions he's like hey how did you hear about it and just was really kind and warm and i i wrote him back i'm like well i really appreciate you you know, stopping and talking to a fan. He's like, well, I'm talking to a friend, you know, and oh, he was just, so cool. he was so great. And I mean, I'm friends with, with Craig, the artist on Perhaps Nuts on, I mean, friends through Facebook and everything. Uh, they're just really fantastic people. And I think that's as much a tribute to Mike as anything is because, you know, the people that were, were closest to him are also the people that you look up to and you respect and you're a big fan of. Uh, yeah. Because they're just really genuinely nice people in the industry. So um, Telus is is a very fun. It was a beautiful book. I mean, just nothing could ever be undersold of of Mike's work. But it it's a nice big fun fantasy. It's it's got a bit of a a pirate feel to it. With yeah, the uh, art looks tiger great. character. Yeah, they show they have. Uh, I, I think it's a cover on the in the article here mm -hmm. it just looks so cool like i'm looking at this and i'm getting ideas for minecraft like on what i could build and they're like i've seen my friends do airships and i'm like no i'm gonna do this and people will be like well where, where did you get that that idea from i designed it from telos god damn it yeah so i'm just i'm excited to see this this work get out there again and have people who've never heard of it get to find it uh, and then all of us getting extra content and for it going to a good cause and being a celebration of a really awesome dude. Yeah. So, uh, and it's the other cool part about that, that instantly with you say, saying that you, you sharing the story about, uh, Tom there, was it Tom? Todd. Todd, sorry. Um, that it's one of those things that I found with, you know, the other people that I really enjoy listening to, you know, like Scott Johnson, Brian Brushwood, they all say, they don't have fans. They have friends yeah. or something along those lines. That's cool. Like you have, like, like, I don't know enough people who do that, who are, you know, have a successful thing. And then they're like, Oh, you aren't my fans. You're my friends. Yeah. And it, it's funny because it seems like the people who are the biggest successes are the ones who do that because yeah. you, you want to, you, you glob on to people who are, are good hearted and you want to support their work more. Um, you want to be around them more. It it just it makes you feel better when your money is going to somebody that you would be like, I could really hang out with this person. Yeah, um, which is cool. Um, Doesn't hurt so, that they're also really good creators. Yeah, and we'll have all those links in our show notes. Um, and now it's time for nerding out. And did, did you? I don't know if you had one or not. If you came up with one or not, but we're going to talk about one that this was Corey's other option for last week got me to watch the whole thing in a week like i kid you not it 
like every day at work where because I had also coincidentally got through watching the IT crowd for the 99th time. Still um, haven't finished the second season of Daredevil yet, though, have you, Dick? Because my lunches are either an hour or a half hour. So I usually go with half hour shows because it's not like uninterrupted. Right. It's like, oh, you're the key, you're the key holder. If only you, go- you could pause an episode and come back to where you left off later. I don't like doing that. We're going to have to have a show about technology at some point because it seems like you're <laughs> kind of a Luddite. No, it's not that I'm a Luddite. It's like, hey, if I'm watching something, I want to sit down and watch it. The rest of the world could fuck off. Right. Sort of deal. Um. You can ask my mom that. I get upset when she's like, Craig, will you come here? Watch your Top Gear, woman. Let me watch this. Or I'm watching a movie. Sort of deal. She's getting less shit about the Top Eager thing, I think, at this point. But yeah. anyway, so um, the show that you watched is Voltron uh, Legendary Defenders on Netflix. Uh, you had talked about this after the show last week with uh, Evan, with myself, Evan, and I think Beat was there. Um. And it sounded so cool, like from watching this show. And like, and you had mentioned all the people who are involved in their uh, voice work wise. And then I looked up on Wikipedia and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a cool lineup of voice, of voice talent. You have um, Steven Yoon plays one of the main characters. Um, Jeremy Shada, who's uh, uh, no, Finn. Uh, Finn. Yeah, Finn. I'm like, I, I was singing the theme song in my head. Because that's usually how I could tell them apart, it, but I, I mix it up. It, he's Finn from from Adventure Time. Um, you have Norman Reedus in an episode. Um, pl- Bex uh, pl- Taylor Klaus, who yeah. was in the uh, the killing in the third season, and then went on to be on Arrow, hanging out with Sarah Lance for a little while, and then is now on the Scream series on yeah. MTV. And, uh, she plays Pidge. And the cool thing, I'm, I'm going to head on Pidge here in a second. Sad choice of words there. Um, Josh Keaton sounded sounds really familiar to me. Like, sounds like a person I've heard before um, who plays Shiro. And then Tyler Labine, who I fell in love with almost immediately when he was on Reaper and followed followed him throughout many of the, of the things that he does. Tuckerndale versus Evil. Yeah, that's the one that I haven't seen yet. Oh, really? And yes. Oh. I had it for a while from one of my mom's ex-boyfriends as a pilot thing and um or not a pilot, a pirate thing that he had gotten or whatever and then it got lost on from a going from one computer to another sort of deal. I do believe and, it's on Netflix yeah. and when you finally get the opportunity to watch it, you can also listen to the episode. We did a podcast of terror here on the collective netcast at gncast.com slash pot. I was just, I was just going to say, I I was going to mention that, that because that I was going to give you that plug because if you guys had asked me what, like, like four months ago, you know, however, before you guys did Tucker and Dale versus evil, or Shaun of the Dead. Thanks for basically doing the episodes of all the horror movies I've seen already, you dick. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> Carrie is the one who suggested both of those films and Zombieland. Uh, so you just need to uh, yeah. get in front of her. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I just thought of another one that I did too. But um, anyways, but uh, where was I going with that? Um, but no, like, 
yeah tyler the like i followed him from reaper and i'm like oh my gosh this guy's so great and then he'd he'd get a show and I'm like this is awesome oh i got canceled damn it comes in and do another show oh this is awesome got canceled damn it sorry deal yeah sons of tucson was one that yeah one of those fox shows and it was like really we're, we're doing this one okay um but, and then he was on that cbs show with uh the guy who fucked the pie yeah uh jason uh whatever his name is i can't think of his name um but no yeah so i mean like anyways i don't want to get too involved here on oh well here's tell us a little bit about the story so the story is it's well the the main from the pilot did that seem like it was for you because you watched the original seemed like it was close to the original similar and there were things that i wasn't expecting them to do that were in the original uh like some of the things that are the sillier aspects i didn't expect to happen like the mice uh mm -hmm. in the castle with the princess i was like really we're gonna get the mice again but then it's like okay well then we got the mice again it's like when they did the um the thundercats cartoon a couple years ago which is actually pretty good but a lot of the characters didn't act the same but in the first couple episodes of Thundercats, they meet these robot bears. And I'm like, they're not going to do anything like the robot bears again. And I don't remember them actually bringing those back. But they did an episode that was almost as bad and annoying with the characters that it was just very evocative of the robot bears. This the way this episode went wasn't the same cheese factor as what I remember growing up. There were things that they used that it's like, oh, wow, I can't believe they actually put that in here. But it felt very modern. It felt very secure in being a smartly written uh, and still humorous show for today while doing an homage to the original series as we remember it from the 80s. Yeah. Um, so the main and I'm going to add Josh Keaton, who plays Shiro, um, was in Batman, the animated series. Um, he did a voice on there. But then he did, um, where was it? Oh, he did Hal, uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern, the animated series. That's where immediately where I picked him up from. Yeah. So and he, I don't think you've mentioned Rice Darby yet. Uh, no, I was getting to that. Um, but yeah, Reese Darby is in there. He plays, um, where is it? Reese Darby. He plays uh, Coran, um, who's very much the comic relief and is awesome in there. You know, it's um, so the the one the studio who do, who does the who does the animation is studio mirror um and they're you, you'll know them if you watched uh avatar the last airbender or legend of korra and you could tell in the style that it's done that way that it's you know that it has you know it, it all looks the same because a lot of it's the same animators um and so he has he sort of has the trope of oh god i'm blanking on the name of the character um from legend of korra who is the builder i've um, never seen any of the avatar oh, legend of korra stuff um well our 40 viewers will be able to tell but he was the build he was the inventor um and voiced by a very popular actor um who i cannot think of either right now and i don't want to wikipedia because it's just a wikipedia wormhole um but no the summary is that you you have this empire that is um that has taken over the whole universe with the exception of like some like small little colonies and the first episode you you're at this base where you're following um 
Lance and uh, you're following Lance Pidge and Hunk as they're going through uh, training, and some shenanigans ensue. They meet up with Shiro, who crash lands on the uh, on back to Earth from after being kidnapped um, or space napped from uh, from and was held in prison. And you've, you've all this stuff find, you find out later. Um, I, I'm staying away from spoilers for this because Corey hasn't seen Corey's only seen the first episode, and it's one of these things that, like, especially one that it's great that, with how they did this, and the Wikipedia page sort of spoils it as well. But um, with how things play out in here, it's really fun, really great. The animation is awesome because they mix so perfectly the traditional cartoon animation with CGI. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's this is what I was talking about earlier with the Transformers one is that when you look at these now, it's not going to make you feel like, oh, they really screwed up. Like the animation when I was growing up is great. You go back and watch those old cartoons. The animation itself was it had something there, but it was still kind of shoddy. Like a lot of the stuff was repetitive. Mm -hmm. um, the. They didn't always move smoothly. Sometimes they would bump into each other. Sometimes they just randomly change colors. Uh, but this takes everything that you remember in your heart of the show where you've built it up to be better than it ever was. And it actually improves upon that. It looks stunning. Mm -hmm. The Like I mentioned, it's only 11 episodes. And the 11th episode is so great in how it's done my only problem is it feels like a marvel event a marvel events comic because you have all this stuff and then they cram all the action or a lot of action and stuff into the end of the book sort of deal this had that same thing with them doing um with them getting to the uh the Zarkon Empire or to, you know, to do the things that they got to do. And I'm like, okay, that just, that seems a little, um, a little forced in a way, but still brilliant. Like I enjoyed the whole episode, the whole series or the whole season, I should say. And I cannot wait for season two. It's going to be awesome. Um, there's not much more that can be said with that, to be honest. No, it, it's it's a really solid show. It's yeah. one of those things that it's you'll be glad if you if you check it out. Um, and I didn't even really know too much about it going in until it just suddenly showed up on Netflix one day. I think I remember hearing that it was going to happen, but I mm -hmm. didn't think a lot about it. I didn't expect this kind of quality yeah. out of it. Uh, well, it. Not like Netflix is, is doing shoddy material anytime, but. I just wasn't sure that, especially going into animation, that this is something we were going to get that wasn't pre-existing. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that they let the people take their time. It's not like, like I think they learned their mistakes from what was it that Turbo Fast and the uh, King Julian show that they had, where you know they got on cord killers and frame rate when it was they were still with Twit. Um, emails from people who are working on the product saying, yeah, 
we're busting this out as fast as we can. That's why you're seeing the episodes go up in five episode chunks. Yeah. Sort of deal. Um, this they're going, all right, you could get the season done because it's the story matters so much. It's not like, you know, a show, like a, like a kid show where you can just, Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, we can air them out of order if we need to. No, you do that. You're going to miss so much information. You're going to be getting information before you need to get that information. And it's, it's no bueno. It's not, a, it's not going to be a good show. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, Netflix are everywhere, I believe. So wherever you're listening at in this world, um, do you got a nerdy heart or do you want to go to our discussion point? Let's go to the discussion point. Okay. So one of the, or a couple of things that I've been watching over this past week is the, uh, the, this big new revival of old game shows on ABC. And I actually thought about this one. This is actually our first discussion point that we had where we're not basing this off of an article. Um, but I wanted to talk about these shows because, well, Corey, you're older than me, so you've you've seen these shows, at least in some of the re- newer revivals that they had done. From well, these- you know, I am much older than you, so yeah. the game shows I grew up with were things like Hit Rock with Stick and <laughs> What is That Burning Thing in the Sky? <laughs> um, will it kill us? Those those were my day. So, um, no, I. <laughs> Of course, we have, in some ways, we have a connection to one of these, uh, which is the match game, just yeah. strictly because Dick DiBortello from Twit and from Mads Mattis Rare, Mads Mattis Rare and from uh, the Gizwiz with uh, OMG Chad, mm-hmm. he, of course, wrote for the match game for a long time, and he <laughs> still plays the match game every Saturday after leo goes off the air um he goes and he does the questions with alex so i mean we kind of come into it with a little bit more love than i think a lot of other recent people would and well and that that was like i saw that i'm like oh cool and i remember hearing about it but then i looked through the credits like i watched it online the next day through on the x the comcast xfinity thing and i paused after like like it was like like i was trying to find a boob sort of deal like, like i'm a 13 year old boy trying to find a boob by hitting pause and play on on titanic or whatever um just so i can get that great glorious shot but i was doing it for to see if one if they had writers and two if dick DiBartolo wrote for match game uh he said so far on the, on his uh facebook page that no he is not writing for the current incarnation of the show yeah, but he's which, he's excited to see the show happening yeah. and he's still doing his match game stuff on his own. So, you know, I think he's just he's looking at it like a fan. Yeah. And I've got I've got three on here because I'm le- and I'm leaving one out for distinct reasons. And um, the one I'm leaving out is the uh, is the what was it celebrity family feud? Like because and they they include that one in there, but I'm like eh, no because Family Feud's bit still been on, and it's more, it's not so much a reboot of like of the old one except for the fact that you know they have the celebrities posing or whatever. Well, it seems like didn't they weren't they doing Celebrity Family Feud last year anyway? Yeah, yeah, they did it last year, but 
so you got match game to tell the truth and hundred thousand dollar pyramid um great shows all hosted by people who can do great great black voices i say it like that because alec baldwin does a phenomenal tracy morgan okay um, yes <laughs> i didn't realize that was a precursor no well i figured i'd say it because you know you got anthony anderson hosting to tell the truth michael strahan hosting the hundred thousand dollar pyramid and then alec baldwin hosting match game and but no and i i enjoyed all of them and like it was like i was watching the game show network when i first got the expanded cable and i had access to the game show network and i was watching these repeats of the original dick van dyke hundred thousand dollar pyramid and the original to tell the truth i think also hosted by dick van dyke and Uh, dick cabot oh dick cabot that's right and then uh the original match game and especially to tell the truth i think was originally hosted by Groucho marx yeah or or maybe that's not it i i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen the original yeah um but i can't did i don't know but um but no and, and this is cool and this is something that i think we've been yearning for um uh, Gene Rayburn, Ross Schaefer, um, Michael Berger, and then um, Alec Baldwin hosts it now. Yeah. yeah. No, that's but I said to tell the truth, which I don't think yeah. it was hosted by Groucho Marx either. I think I was wrong on that. Oh, to tell the truth? Sorry. I had Match Game up there. Um, but, there go. Um, yeah, I mean, Alex Trebek hosted at one point in 91. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of these things that I feel like this is what game shows have been missing, like the whole game show genre, on with now, especially with network TV, because like the '90s came, or the 2000s came, and you know we still had we had to tell the truth with John O'Hurley, but that was the sort of the end of things, and it was the daytime um, stuff. I mean, yeah. it's it's the primetime aspect that really changes it. It makes it more like a bigger production. And it's not like they haven't been trying to do these things. They've been trying to do game shows for the last several years. Uh, the celebrity uh, game that they do over on NBC, hosted by Jane Lynch. Hollywood Game Night. Yeah, Hollywood Game Night. Not far from this. When you go backwards, I mean, the big resurgent for these primetime game shows that usually would happen in the summertime to fill in things, you go back to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm-hmm. Uh, with Re- Regis Philbin, and then it got passed over to daytime TV when he stopped doing it. The what was the one with Howie Mandel with the briefcases? Deal or no deal. Deal or no deal. And and that's sort of where where I feel like you know things have have changed because you know we had the trivia, you know you could sit there and play at home game with these things. And, and, you know, laugh when Betty White asks some or asks, asks a, a, a risque question, and, you know, because she's 93 years old or however old Betty White is, um, or telling Mike, Mike Tyson to shut up, which I'm sitting there going, man, Mike Tyson's going to get knocked out by an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and yet here, like we could have had this all for, you know, this whole time, but yet they decide the executives decide they wanted to go the reality TV game show route or, you know, with, you know, with stuff like fear factor and, 
you know, all these horrible pieces of shit that we had afterwards. Well, they're just different shows. I mean, they're different yeah. styles of shows. I think there's something to be said for having the classics. There's something to be said for having people who are entertaining beyond them. And you're right. You can't beat Betty White, uh, even if you are Mike Tyson. Uh and I also think that what some of those shows were missing, like Deal or No Deal, was that there wasn't much of anything for the audience to feel as a participant in. You know, it's it's just, all right, I choose a briefcase, and then it's back and forth as to whether or not I got the right briefcase. Well, that doesn't challenge me sitting at home. I'm just waiting to see if you want any money or you go home like a fuck nut with 20 bucks. Uh, I want things that I can be involved in. I watch Jeopardy almost every night because i find it can still be challenging i watch wheel of fortune but it's i mean other than solving the puzzle you have to sit there and deal with them spinning the wheel for 90 percent of the time and it's like well i don't give a fuck about the wheel just give me some puzzles to solve uh so yeah it's the perfect storm of making these things work and did they pick the right people to do it and it seems like they did it seems like they they picked the right time because mm -hmm. during the summer is the perfect time to do this people are starved for something that's going to entertain them right now otherwise it's reruns and the typical summer shows which is everybody's having sex on a beach somewhere um or something that could actually be you know family friendly fun and make you think a little bit which is what this is yeah um and I don't know, I really enjoy these. And I think even the variations that they have on them now, like with, to tell the truth, they have the, um, they give the celebrities who are on there. And I'm think, oh no, no, sorry. I've only seen the first two. I haven't, I hadn't seen the episode of Eliza Schlesinger and the latest episodes. I think they're when it came out today. Um, but they, they they give the uh, tweet a lie segment at the end with the celebrity who couldn't spot you know who was telling the truth on the show um and it's interesting to me because you know that's an, an interesting new modern concept um same thing with well actually i think match games when it says pretty true to the past incarnations but then a uh, hundred thousand dollar pyramid where they have the mystery seven i don't know if that's uh if that was on the original stuff or was in using past incarnations but it's a great addition you know they they've modernized the stuff enough to where it's not they're not doing so, these things to where it's like oh well we got to make it sexy to where all these answers are you know, going to be like risque or whatever, like, like celebrity family feud has, has been, um, you know, especially with like last year, cause I haven't seen any of it because last year is sort of like, all right, this is a little too corny, especially with the people you got on here sort of deal. Um, but the other know. thing is that they're smart and that they are doing several different shows because often what happens is, they get one of these shows and it catches fire for a little bit and they just play it all week. And so every spot they have to fill for the week during the summer, they're putting in that show again and it burns people out on it. So I think having some variety 
uh, not only of the the game shows themselves, but also of the hosts helps. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and honestly, what I say is next year, bring on press your luck. Oh man, I love I, press your luck. Yeah, I love press. I think I think they did a reboot of it, and that's the one I fell in love with because that was what was on when I was growing up. Yeah, they so, did whammy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think anything else you want to say about this? No, I mean, just it. I'd rather watch this than fucking Uncle Buck. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched the pilot and for Uncle Uncle Buck, and it was like, oh, okay, so that's a thing. Um, <laughs> so that just happened. Yeah. Again. So before, before we go, I got a couple questions for you, our studio audience. Uh, our studio audience watching too many of the game shows there greg uh but for the for the listening audience here uh i got two questions for you what's your favorite part of the show and what do you and what do you guys want from our podcasts um and you might be saying you might be answering this back right now in which case i applaud you and i say thanks for the commitment but take a break and you could leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 or you can email us mail at elsnerds.com i get all the mail Corey gets all the mail we may have some google things in there that we could take advantage of um if we were thinking about it um or you can message us on twitter um we are at elsnerds on there for the show you got the galactic netcasts um at galactic netcasts on all the social media stuff um, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Snapchat, Vine. If we don't have them, I think I might need to talk Dave into getting those just so we have the namesake, the name held. Um, or you can email uh, or tweet us directly. Our producers, Beatmaster is at Beatmaster80. Evan's at Mr. Underscore Fusion. I'm at that Gregor. Corey's at Don't Ask Comics. That's all that stuff that you can use for feedback. And also, hey, we got bills that we need that we have to pay. Well, you know, we do, but that's why you have jobs. But, you know, there's the whole, you know, Galactic Netcast doesn't exist without you guys who are supporting us. And you, you and if you want to know how to support us, you can go over to, to our Patreon page over at gncast.com slash support. There's amazing stuff over there that we give you. At least I think it's amazing. Like access to our Slack channel, um, you know, extra episodes, newsletter stuff, you know, all of that sort of deals. And also... If you're like, eh, I don't want to do that necessarily, we have an affiliate link with Amazon. So if you click that link and you go through and whatever you buy on Amazon, portion of that goes to Dave because Dave, hey, we're not wanting to make money. Dave's not wanting to make money with this. He just wants to keep the ship afloat. He's been paying the paying out of pocket for a good long time. And so hey, help him out. And uh, the the Slack channel has actually been opened up for everybody. So all you have to do is go to gncast.com slash sign up. And you can get access to the Slack channel so you can talk to us during the shows or other times. We're usually in there throughout the day making dumb comments. And you can also get our newsletter at the same time. It doesn't put you into a mailing list for anybody else. It just gives you some content from Galactic Netcasts in your mailbox. lets you know what shows we've had already, what shows we might have coming up, any other events we might be doing. It's just a way for us to be more involved with you and for you to be more involved with us exactly and the last thing to be said is this has been a don't tell glenn production we will see you guys next week or else 
You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.